Welcome to the Church Safety and Security Broadcast with the Church Safety Guys. Brought to you by TwoWayRadioCenter.com, the Motorola value-added reseller. The Church Safety Guys is a nonprofit organization dedicated to equipping the vigilant, those men and women who stand watch, keeping our houses of worship and places of faith safe. We believe church safety and security must be a ministry first and have engaged servant leaders who continually strive for excellence and teams of motivated volunteers that are always training. Join us for the next hour as the Church Safety Guys unpack safety, security, leadership, and ministry operations with your hosts, Dr. James McGarvey and Mike Scully. This broadcast is also available on YouTube, your favorite podcast platforms, churchsafetyguys.com, and on the original Church Security app. Download it today. Feel free to like, subscribe, and share with your ministry. Well, hello. Welcome to the Church Safety and Security broadcast with the Church Safety Guys. I am James, and once again, joined with the picturesque co-host, Mike. <laughs> picturesque. I think picturesque was my afternoon. That was, uh, I took a boat ride under the Golden Gate Bridge here in San Francisco, and as I travel and, and meet with different folks. So it was well, a chance to... Start away. <laughs> <laughs> I say picturesque because last week we were having issues with your camera. So true. Good point. We didn't, yeah. I, I'm like talking to uh, an empty screen. That was weird. I went back and I I, uh, I was working on that uh, podcast for for the podcast, and I was adjusting some stuff. And uh, nope. I so Not I listened every. Avatar. What's that? Not even an avatar. I couldn't. No. Uh, I couldn't get anything to work. <laughs> yep. But it was funny because I listen every time we do a broadcast, I listen to it afterwards, probably three or four right. times just to to tweak the sound levels and stuff. And so it was just funny because I'm like, you know, you're I can't even read your your body language and <laughs> your facial expressions and everything because. So you weren't there. Yeah. But uh, other otherwise, it's welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So if you haven't uh, if you haven't had a chance to join us in a little bit, or maybe this is your first time joining us, welcome. Thanks for thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, we do live broadcasts every Sunday evening, 7 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time, and then use that throughout the week. And um, as always, if there's a, a topic or a bit of content relating to church safety and security that you'd like us to to chat about. Uh, you're welcome to reach out to us through our website, which is churchsafetyguys.com, or you can reach out to us through the the new church security app. Um, you can download that. It's entirely free, uh, thanks to our sponsors. And uh, if you register, which is also free, uh, that gives you uh, quite a bit, actually quite a bit of material uh, to be helpful and um, you can actually contact us through that as well. So you, it allows you to to send a message. And um, 
I was thinking about it today. We, I, I never say this, but we always read every message that comes in. And most of the time what happens is I, I get it. And then I usually mention it to Mike or, you know, one of the other Jared or one of the other guys, but, um, we do actually go through those messages. So even if we don't respond right away, um, sometimes we get a little bit backed up between trying to, trying to run a ministry, um, full time when, <laughs> when neither one of us are full time, we both, except for our regular jobs. So, um, it's certainly, it's certainly interesting, but, uh, welcome. If you're listening to this at a, at another time, uh, on one of the podcast platforms, feel free to click like and subscribe. And that, that helps us out and lets us know that, uh, folks are watching and where you're watching from and, and, uh, helps us continue with that content. So really good stuff. A couple of quick announcements, uh, and then we'll, we'll bring in, um, our guest for, for this broadcast. But, uh, just so you know, if you're in the Florida area, the, uh, website is actually up and open, uh, for purchasing, uh, tickets for the, the Florida event. Um, that's February 24th outside of Orlando at, uh, Lakeland, uh, Faith Baptist Church in Lakeland, uh, Florida. And that's going to be a one day seminar and it will be focused on, uh, child protection. So we'll have quite a few folks, um, that you've seen on the, on the broadcast there, uh, talking about what your ministry can do to protect, uh, its most valuable asset, which is the, the children. And, uh, I will be there. And then, um, I think we're also going to have several, uh, law enforcement agencies talking about trafficking and whatnot, because that seems to be pretty, um, pretty prevalent, uh, in Florida at the moment. So what churches can do to combat that and, uh, be prepared for that. We've seen in the news, I know we've seen several churches down there already, uh, over the last year get, get impacted by that. So, um, definitely something good to, to brush up on and, and get the, the information on. So that's available. You can go to churchsafetyconference.com or go to our website uh, under events and conferences and, and uh, do that. And um, I think it's, I think, I think the cost is $49.99 a person and that includes lunch. So great cost, uh, great deal. Uh, USCCA um, we've partnered with and they're doing a, an awesome job at helping us keep the keep the expense down, um, for sure. But other than that, uh, I had a actually a great, great day yesterday. Got a chance to go out and, uh, watch an individual, uh, with one of the more local companies do some church, church safety training. And he did a great job and he's, he, and actually his trainers have, uh, been a fan of our broadcast, which it was, it was cool. He was actually local. So I was able to go meet him and, and, uh, they were, they were pretty funny. They were like, Hey, you're the, you're the guy on that, <laughs> on that show. And it, I'm, it, it never, it never gets old. Like it, it's always, it always feels weird. Like you, it does you talk to weird. people, like it, it, it feels really weird even in the, like, 
random places. Like I've had people mentioned it to me in an airport before and I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> and it, so it's really, really random. And then even at our own conferences to, to say, Hey, will you sign my book? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but it's, well, it's good to not have to do all the training yourself. It's always yeah. nice to be able to go audit another training and not be the trainer. Um, I yeah. found that it, it's, it's far and few between. I uh, don't always get to do that with a budget for a church. Uh, a lot of times it, you're going as the trainer and then you take a train, the trainer course, and then you bring the training back to your team because you can't necessarily afford to send everybody. So it's always yeah. nice to get a little bit of exposure and training on your own. Yeah, they, these guys, it was interesting. These guys were like trying to get me in like, the, the main instructors like, Hey, you know, you're welcome to join in there and, and do stuff too. And, and they were practicing a lot of, um, it was, it was specifically firearm stuff. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't, uh, really anything else. It was designed for that. So it wasn't like, you know, this is, this is all of what we're going to cover. They were specifically, uh, brought in to go through, firearm drills and, you know, moving in between people and understanding some of the, the dynamics of, you know, responding to like an active shooter situation and, and that sort of thing. So it was really good. And, uh, one of the trainers is a, is an officer with the local police department. And, um, he, it was great to meet him. He was actually involved. In fact, I should, reach out to him because they had a active shooter situation um, at one of our uh, football stadiums. And it was actually the next town over from where I live, uh, South side of Columbus. And he and his officers actually were in the middle of responding to it to address that. And uh, it was a, a crazy story how he responded and how he applied some of what they were teaching in the class to his officers to help his officers learn. And one of the interesting things that he mentioned was, you know, oftentimes people will default and say, well, you know, we will we'll let the police handle it. Like when it comes to, to church safety and, you know, cause they get training all the time. And what was interesting was he pointed out, he said, you know, he said, we, we don't get training all the time. He's like, we're always out in the community doing stuff. So he said, even for us, it's nice to have a refresher and go out and um, try and, you know, be reminded of how we're supposed to handle certain things that we don't use all the time. So it was a right. good, it was a good session for sure. And uh, I was just actually, I hadn't even gotten a chance to tell you, I was just on the phone um, probably 10 minutes before, um, before, uh, we started the broadcast with my daughter, my, my youngest daughter was actually out at the movie theater with a bunch of other individuals from, from our old church. And, uh, they started hearing gun gunfire. And so her and everybody else evacuated the theaters, you know, they ran to the car, they left. Ooh. And she called me and she's like, dad, we, you know, we just left what's going on, you know? And I, I actually pulled it up and looked it up and apparently they had an armed robbery, uh, at one of the restaurants at the, the mall that they were at. And actually it was the mall that, uh, we went to for dinner when, 
when you guys came out to Columbus. Um, okay. Yeah. And uh, they had some type of armed robbery and the police department got in into a gunfight with the guys that were doing it, which is right by the theater. So they're, you know, they're shooting and everything and the police were already there, but um, they said something like 16 shot. They heard 16 shots fired and all this other stuff. And police are all over the place trying to make, you know, figure out what's going on. And so it happens to, to everyone. I I'm thankful that um, she was with her boyfriend and they're smart kids and they got out of there. So thankfully along with all the other kids from church, but praise God, you know, stuff like that happens to seems to be happening more and more frequently. So, and it's, it's scary. I'm like, okay, who do I, you know, she, she's calling me and I'm like, all right, who do I need to go take care of? Cause you're, you know, you're calling me and what do I need to do? But, um, but yeah, I may, I may reach out to that officer cause it would be interesting to have that story and see if maybe he would be a guest sometime on the, on the broadcast, but cool. Anyhow, so we want to talk a little bit tonight uh, on this broadcast about handling suspicious packages, and this kind of came up for dialogue in our in our conversation from folks that have asked, and then also just topics that we haven't chatted about in a while. And honestly, I can't think of a better better individual to pull in uh, than Mr. Jack Peters. And um, Jack's been on the broadcast before, and uh, has a has an amazing heart for for church safety and security but has quite the quite the background that's exciting and he's he's pretty famous so I'll I'll bring him in here and uh thanks again for joining us Jack and welcome thanks guys good to see you again <laughs> yeah welcome back I appreciate it thank you so so I have a actually I have a face for radio that's what people tell me but you're you're regularly on television so um i will i'll throw that out there that you know we don't always have such a famous person in our in our midst to to talk about such topics <laughs> well, what's ironic is i have a face for radio too but i still get hired for television i, <laughs> I, I am an explosive specialist and i get to do explosives on television uh, on Netflix, I'm on a show called Pirate Gold of ADAC Island, and I'm also on History Channel right now for a show called Beyond Skinwalker Ranch. You know what? That actually came up in my feed because I, I watch supernatural and paranormal stuff. I need to check that out. I'll have to I'll have to get on there and watch that. <laughs> but wait, there's more. This fall, check me out on Discovery Channel on Mystery of Blind Frog Ranch, filmed up in Utah. You guys will enjoy that. Nice. That's funny. Now I, I knew that you were doing or you had done stuff in the past with Discovery. Yeah. But the History Channel and, and Netflix I had not heard with. But yeah. you were the you are the professional that comes in and makes sure that everyone else detonates things correctly <laughs> I, I am I, I do training for explosives and have for a number of years and then i also uh take that role of doing television too because actually explosives and other dangerous stuff for film has to be approved by someone's insurance company so they want to kind of make sure everything <laughs> is is done in a professional and safe manner before you know you have big 
explosions and fire and that sort of thing. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so in your in your spare time, you also I know you've you uh, you teach online and you do your own private classes as well which uh, we had talked a, a little bit about before we started the broadcast that um, I, and I, I think it was almost a year ago now, but I took one of your classes online, which was a great, um, great opportunity really to, to get behind what we normally see and kind of dig down in and see, okay, you know what, what I think, and what we see in TV isn't maybe necessarily always the correct thing. So you did a fantastic job uh, with obviously with that class and just kind of sh showing people what's true versus, you know, our perception and, and that sort of thing. So I did want to do a quick shout out for that. Um, so if you uh, are interested in learning more, if you're listening, you're interested in learning more. Uh, Jack definitely has those opportunities and uh, at a, a very reasonable cost to, through his website to go out and uh, and learn more. And um, he's shared that with quite a few churches over the over the years, too. Thank you, James. Yeah. And we're going to start <laughs> those classes back up at some point. My wife and I moved to Las Vegas and we're working on trying to buy a house now. And a lot of our stuff, including my studio, is in a mini storage so when we get back up again, we'll offer those classes again. But the website is AmericanExplosivesGroup.com, and that has information about training and class dates and that sort of thing. Awesome. So how did you, for, for our listeners that maybe didn't catch you last time, how, how did you get started in all of this? By accident, you know, has how it usually goes, right? I've been involved in, in speaking and training for a lot of years involving uh, leadership and teamwork and other various things. And then when the economy crashed in 08 and 09, uh, all that business basically shut off, but uh, the price of gold was jumping to almost $2,000 an ounce. And I had a friend of mine, if you guys like shooting, you'll, you'll know of Tannerite explosives. Well, Daniel Tanner is a friend of mine in Oregon and my home nice. state. And uh, <laughs> he said, I'll teach you explosives and you'll have a nice business if you want to teach others because there's different agencies and mining companies and first responders and various agencies and people need to learn and there's not very many people that teach them and so i started that back in 09 and he was right i have a real had a really nice business and, and still do that today so that's why i got involved in it uh, we do a lot of commercial blasting for mining and demolition and construction and got involved in training first responders like back in around 2014 and, and still at it, I'm working with a large um, blasting company here in Las Vegas and do safety and security for them as well. Awesome. So what, uh, we can we can go ahead and jump straight into it. What, uh, what would your recommendations be if, um, say, a church had, well, Let's let's stay away from the weekend. So during the week, a lot of times packages arrive to, to churches and and, um, you know, they need to be aware. Obviously, they need to be aware of what's going on, what's coming in, what's leaving, that sort of thing. Um, but just what are what would you recommend as far as um, things to notice or maybe uh, red flags to say, you know what? this isn't right. At what point should I call, maybe call the police department or, 
you know, call 911 to get, um, to get more help. Um, what are some of the things that, that you might, uh, might say to address that? Sure. Well, and, and just kind of start that off. I mean, if something's going to get sent to like the U S post office, if it's over 13 ounces, it can't be put in the mailbox to you. It has to go through uh, a clerk at the office where they have to physically, you know, inspect it and, and mail it, you know, with a human being instead of being dropped off somewhere. So that's just under a pound, right? But there's there are a lot of packages that are much larger than that, like through Amazon. And especially over the last few years, people got used to online shopping, a lot, lot of larger boxes that come in all the time. And that's not going to be unusual at all. I guess, you know, if there's anything that doesn't look right, it may not be right in the sense that look at the labels. You know, does it have a return label that looks legitimate? Does it is it addressed to someone that's legitimate instead of like, say, just the church or just the business? To me, that would be suspicious without someone's name on it. You know, because if someone's name's on it, you can always say, hey, did you, you know, order a package? Because we've got a box sitting out here. We don't know what it is. Um, you know, then at least you can ask someone. But if, it, if it's generic address, then that would certainly be a, a concern. There's other concerns also, uh, like uh, if there's any oil or excessive tape or anything that could be considered an antenna or a wire or anything like that would be an obvious red flag, right? Uh, the oil situation is because... Um, there's a, a, a explosive substance that's used common called ammonium nitrate in fuel oil, where it's actually ammonium nitrate covered in, in diesel fuel. And that has an oily diesel smell and look. And mm -hmm. so that's why anything oily is, is a, a red flag. And then obviously if there's anything like excessive tape or any kind of wires that could be possibly an antenna, something like that. I mean, essentially, if you think it doesn't look right, you know, then that should, uh, you know, set off your internal alarm. And what I was going to suggest is, you know, we all know what stoplight colors are, right? Like green, yellow, and red. Everyone knows what those mean. Use that system. It's very simple. Now, first responders will add a few more colors to that and have similar systems. We can just go really simple. If everything's good and you're at your baseline, you're green. But if you see something that doesn't look right and that's an anomaly, Maybe now you're at yellow because it's got your attention, right? And, and then if you really got a problem, then that gets into the red zone. And I'll, I'll give you an example. One time I worked in, many years ago, I worked at a jail. And we had an office that um, was accessible by the public where the public could come up and ask questions to the, to the jail and see who's in custody and that sort of thing. And sure. there was one time where someone had left a big gold cup on the, our shelf and it was covered in duct tape. And I thought that was weird. <laughs> Why would you do that? Right. So it's like yeah. a, a big gold cup there or something wouldn't be necessarily peak the, the interest into the yellow zone. It'd still be green, but this was covered in duct tape and it looked weird. And I called the, the jail security and I said, you guys got to take a look at this. And they're like, well, it's only a cup. Well, go have a look at it and you tell me if it's just a cup or not. Now, at the <laughs> time, was a baby carriage. A woman came up and pushed the baby carriage up to the window. And I thought, well, that's odd. That Now I'm in yellow. 
And I look in the baby carriage and there's no baby. So now I'm in red and my life flashed in front of me just for that moment. You know, so when things like that are weird, they're weird. And here's the thing with packages. And I don't want to scare everybody, but I'm going to scare you a little bit. If someone's <laughs> going to make a bomb or a destructive device, there are so many different triggers that they have mm -hmm. options for. There's no way that, uh, that just you or me just going out there to go grab the mail. It's going to know how to dis disarm this thing if it is a bad package. So let me give you an example. There's mercury switches that are easily obtained. So if the box is moved, then the mercury switch activates the circuit and sets it off. There's also photocell switches, like, you know, the switches that turn your lights on at night, right? So you can have a, a photo sensor switch inside that box. Will you crack open the box and cut it open and open the lid to sunlight? It sets the switch off. Or there could be a number of other uh, cell phone, uh, calling the cell phone to trigger it, uh, a remote control alarm, a garage door opener alarm or switch, all kinds of different ways to set off a bomb if somebody really wanted to do that. So if it's suspicious at all, if you don't think the label looks right or you call, um, someone and say, are you expecting a package from, there's no a name on the return address, but it's from, you know, wherever. Are you expecting a box like that? And and maybe the, the minister says, no, that, I know it's addressed to me, but I'm not expecting anything like that. And I don't know anybody in Fargo, South Dakota, right? Or wherever it's from. <laughs> then what sure. you can do is you can call the police and, and call, you know, they have a bomb squad. They have a tactical squad. And if it's a very small town that doesn't, then they can bring the state police in that will have resources to investigate bombs. And this yeah. is why this is important, because, first of all, they love the training. It, you know, the best training is a real mission. Right. And if if you call them and say, look, I've got a suspicious package, you're not bothering them. You're not upsetting them on their end of the line. They're going, yay, we have something to do. Right. And they can send their guys out because it's more interesting for them to investigate your suspicious package than for them to create their own suspicious package that they have to fake. Right. So that's what it is. And it's a suspicious package until it's not. They have safe render procedures that they use where they can use high tech and low tech technology to take that package and investigate it so nobody gets hurt. Here's an example. Low tech. They can bring a dog out and sniff that box, right? Or sure. they can use high tech. They can x-ray it. Or if it actually is something suspicious or like a backpack that's been left behind or, or something that actually looks like a bomb, they can send out a robot with a, uh, a device that can shoot water or, or powder or something into the device to disrupt it, a bomb disruptor to tear apart the components so it can't explode. They have all those different things that they're means to be able to disarm something. They can jam radio signals first. They can do all kinds of things so that bomb doesn't blow up. So having said that, let me scare you a little more. <laughs> the state is in Oregon, in a Wilsonville, Oregon. It's a little town just north of Salem, Oregon. There was a bank, and there was a father-son uh biker gang sort of team that was one to rob this bank and they called the bank and said there's a bomb outside 
and we want money or we're going to set the bomb off. And they didn't really take the call seriously. We'll talk about calls next. They didn't really take the call seriously, but the bank manager goes out into the bushes and sure enough, they find a weird suspicious package in the bushes. He does the right thing. He calls the police. Uh, police show up and they investigate this package and they agree that this package is a hoax. Okay, it's a hoax. They then take the package, bring it into the bank and set it on the bank manager's desk where they're all having a chuckle over it or whatever, and the thing explodes. So it kills hmm. law enforcement people and two bankers. And, and they thought it was a hoax. And these people weren't stupid. They were veteran law enforcement, and they looked at this thing, and they made yeah. um, they made a decision in their mind that this was a hoax, and it wasn't. So the thing is with terrorism is everything is based on deception, right? Mm -hmm. The bomb looks like a hoax, but it's really not a hoax. Or they might say, yeah, there's a bomb here, but the real bomb is actually going to be maybe somewhere else. Maybe they want all the law enforcement to go to another place and then the real bomb goes off somewhere else or something like that. Because when we're talking about bombs, when there's one, there's probably two or maybe even three, right? And again, sure. it's not a fun subject matter. And I don't want to make everybody paranoid, but I do want you to think, certainly think everything through that when someone calls you, maybe it's a hoax, maybe it's not. If you find a suspicious package, Maybe it's a hoax. Maybe it's not. But I would challenge you to say that until you, you can prove that it's not a hoax, take it mm -hmm. as something that's very, very viable right now. We had, um, a, I'll say a quick, sto quick story, quick illustration, and then throw it over to Mike. We had a church not too long ago uh, near ours that had, uh, it was out in, the, out in a very rural area. And they had a, a package delivered on Sunday, which for us around uh, central Ohio, you know, even the post office works on Sundays now. So trying to catch up and deliver those packages. So they actually they went to the extent of calling um, the sheriff's office, who, which dispatched like they had a bomb squad uh, tied to the sheriff's office and whatnot for that county. And so they went all through it exactly like you said, like they couldn't figure out you know, who, who sent it, what it was there for. There was no answer. Uh, and they thought it was odd. And the sheriff's office came out and they said, Nope, you know, they checked it. They're like, this is safe. That's fine. Everything's good. But what was interesting was it, it, they, you know, they were apologetic. And of course the sheriff's office was like, no, we'd rather have you guys call us and have a team come out to, to do that training and to look, look for that stuff versus not at all. Yep. But for the rest of the churches in the area, when they heard about that, it kind of changed, you know, it was like, Hey, wait a second, we should be paying attention, more attention to this. And for the church that I attended at the time, it's a large, you know, middle to large size church in central Ohio. Um, you know, there's stuff being delivered all the time and stuff being left left at different places. So for example, something harmless, we would get like a, a fill in UPS driver that would leave something at the, on the front steps of the building and not know that nobody's going to see it on the front steps of the building. They're going to see it by the office door, you know, which is around side of the building. 
And so on a Sunday, we, you know, we would do perimeter sweeps and we walk around the building and we would see this box sitting there and it's, you know, it's wrapped up. It's been sitting there. Maybe it's had weather, you know, on it because it's not covered, but it's, you know, so it, it meets all of that criteria that you were saying where we were just like, okay, before anybody touches it or messes with it, you know, we would double check. And oftentimes uh, for us, you know, one of the secretaries would, she would always create a list and basically say, you know, this is the package coming in. This is when to expect it from all the pastors ordering Amazon and everything else. And so I would go to her and I would say, you know, do, do you know, can you account for this box that's sitting here? This is what it looks like. This is who it's addressed to. And, uh, you know, she'd check it off the list and she'd say, that's fine. Thanks for checking. That goes to so-and-so. And so that was kind of like a, a verification way for us to, you know, add another layer in there and say, okay, maybe, you know, maybe this, you know, we should be doing things a little bit different, but at least we have something of a check and balance to make sure that it's not just a random box um, that's sitting there. But Mike, you wanted to, to jump in there too. Yeah, a couple couple things I think going back with what you said there, Jack, is one, just calling out for churches is everybody's volume of packages has gone up, not gone down. So I think because of, you mentioned the e-commerce piece and it's super normal to see that Amazon truck everywhere and see boxes <laughs> piling up at different points. I mean, heck, very rarely do, do, do even office supplies get bought in person anymore. They, they show up in yeah. the mail. And so everything's coming in, all the supplies, unless it's controlled chemicals or oxygen or other sorts of things, it has to be physically delivered with a delivery guy. A lot of times you're, you're, you're just showing up on your, on your doorstep. So another one, though, is and something I've shared with a couple of teams is not to give anybody a, a kind of an op, a, the crime of opportunity. So if you have those Amazon boxes and you're discarding them, to actually collapse them. Don't just pile them at your curb or in a, in a dumpster where somebody can walk up with potentially something that means no good, grab it out of your dumpster, which has a proper address on it, which has a proper return. At, it looks fully because it's an Amazon box and all they got to do is fake the tape. And so it's, it's fully around that. It's not a whole lot of uh, planning that they would need to do to get a hold of a box if you're not collapsing down. So uh, that was a point that I've shared with some folks. And then really, yeah, when it, if you come across a device or something or a box of some sort, you think might be a device or you have some sort of suspicion, to me, I always make sure that immediately, yes, determine what your course of action is, gain that context, orient, and then decide and act, of course. But to, to, to sweep some of the other area too, look for that secondary potential now do you have more than one? Because if you have more than one suspicious bag or package, now that may increase the likelihood and give you context for that decision. Absolutely. And if, if terrorists use the art of deception, it would make more sense for them to pull a box out of your dumpster or, or wherever else that already has the right labels on it. And they could repackage that and make it look legit and use that versus trying to come up with their own box from scratch or something like that. I would also say that when you're getting into the level of suspicious packages, that's just one part of the puzzle from a much bigger picture. You know, what I ask you all to consider is that 
you know, you've got to have good communication. What is the best defense against these types of attacks is good intelligence. Maybe church leadership and management meets every week and they just talk about what's going on. Is there any threats? Is there any graffiti on the building? Is there anything that should be uh, a level of concern that would bring that green light up to a yellow light? Like a lot of these incidents are come from people you already know. Like here's an example. Maybe there's a, a, a woman that goes to the church and she's going through a divorce and now she has a restraining order against her ex-husband or boyfriend or something and he wants to take the kids. Now that would certainly bring, um, you know, the, the level from green now to yellow because now that's something to pay attention to. But what sure. if he felt like the church took her side and is protecting her and the kids and now there's a vengeance issue or who knows what. In other words, in that case, you're dealing with people that you know already. And, and that is often a, a factor there where there's some relative that may go there, where there may be some interest in some type of revenge or violence or something like that. But I mean, it, it usually there's, it, if you get a suspicious package, that's probably not the first contact from the bad guy. Sure. For example, over the weekend, there was a guy that was on film setting himself on fire, trying to set a church on fire in Florida. And, and he was pouring gasoline out and he set himself on fire and ran away. I doubt that was the first contact with that church. There could have been graffiti first. There could have been violent, you know, some sort of violent threat. There could have been some, him uh, threatening maybe someone that goes to the church that he knows. You know, all these pieces have to be put together in a puzzle and a lot of times you don't do that or you can't do that unless you talk to each other. So the minister's got to talk to the secretary, who's going to talk to the maintenance person, who talks to the person that gets the mail, who checks the messages on the machine. <laughs> you know, everyone's sure. got to communicate here to make it sense because just the package alone doesn't mean anything. But if you know someone's threatening you or threatening yeah. a church, or threatening someone that goes to your church, now you're in the yellow zone, right? Now you're looking at those packages extra carefully. You're listening to those voicemails extra carefully. You're watching the service and the parking lot and everything extra carefully because you know that there may be some type of a situation that's brewing. Absolutely. Yeah, we've, and it's interesting, you mentioned, you mentioned the communication piece. We had a church reach out to us uh, I think about two years ago and they commented and said, Hey, we just want to let you know, there's an individual going to multiple churches in the area and they are uh, asking for money. And when the church says, no, we don't, you know, we don't have any money to give you, but you know, we'll help you out. We'll do other things. Uh, we'll provide other things. Um, the woman is getting irate and upset and angry and she starts screaming and cursing at, you know, whoever's dealing with them. And it was interesting because I, I got that phone call. So like most situations when something like that intelligence comes in, you know, I'll, I would make it a point to talk to the pastors and talk to everybody that's there during the week because I'm not there during the week. So I grabbed one of the pastors and I said, Hey, I'm just, I just want to give you a heads up. If you see this lady, here's what she looks like. Don't let her, you know, don't let her come in necessarily into the church because, you know, she's had some threatening behavior where law enforcement's been called and, and that sort of thing. And the pastor says to me, 
oh yeah she came by about two weeks ago <laughs> and so i'm like all right so that you know that's not helpful at all i'm like so we went two weeks and you didn't say anything to me you didn't say hey this is what you know because the same thing happened like she came to the church they said no we're not going to give you cash you know we'll give you food we'll help you however we can but we don't give cash away anymore and so she started saying, you know, I'm, I'm going to bring down re a revelation curse on, you know, on your church and, and all this stuff, the stuff that was extremely threatening and, uh, and kind of scary. And, and I said, you know, I said to the pastor at the time, I said, wouldn't it have made a little bit of sense to kind of let me know, like fill me in so that if she had decided to do something, you know, additional that. I could have said, oh, well, let's be on the lookout for this because like you said, she, she had already had one interaction. So, you know, sometimes, I don't know, sometimes I think it, um, it slips people's mind with how, how busy, you know, pastors usually are and staff and everything else. But at the same time, it's stuff that, um, you know, we really need to be focused on and, and paying attention to, um, it makes all the difference in the world because otherwise we're just guessing. And if, yeah. if there really is some sort of issue that would bring that green light baseline up to a yellow or even a red, everyone should know about it. Even like a text string or something with all the administration, the leadership team, the security guy, the maintenance guy, everybody's in that line of communication. And just, you know, you need to say, look, if you know of, of some sort of threat, is there a bad messy divorce going on, restraining order? Is there graffiti? Is there uh, someone that is wearing a, a, a big, uh, big jacket in the middle of, of summer where they're concealing something or you're seeing sure. someone carrying weapons that maybe doesn't look like you probably have a, a legit concealed weapon uh, permit or something. Anything that looks out of the ordinary, they need to let everyone else know. And it's, that goes the furthest way than anything, because then you're sharing internal intelligence so if someone then sees something or sees somebody that looks suspicious, then you, they're like, oh, yeah, that's the picture in the back room of the guy with the restraining order against one of our, our people that go here. Now I, I need to be aware of him because he's apparently going to try to take the kids or whatever the scenario is. But sure. that, that goes a long ways. And the other thing is, is that criminals and bad guys like easy targets. And there's lots of examples of various active shooter events and bombing events where the bad guy went to one location and saw there was security. And they're like, no, no, we're going to go to a soft target. And that's why it's important for all your people in church that the ushers, the greeters, everyone just to get off their phones and pay attention and look around. If someone's coming in and they see they're being watched and someone's paying attention to them and greeting them and saying hi, they're less likely to do anything because they know they're being seen and they're being watched. And I'll, I'll give you an example of that this morning. The church service already started. We have two services. The church service already started. I walk up to the front doors and I'm just looking outside. And the front parking spot just be, happens to be open for whatever reason. And a cool looking Jeep pulls in. And I'm looking at the Jeep. I've never seen it before. I've got a green light. The Jeep looks cool. I'm going to say hi to the guy who's going to come in the church late. And a guy gets out of the Jeep, and he's wearing a black T-shirt. And in big white letters, it says, 
F-U-C-K, and the U's in the shape of a hand grenade. I'm like, that's classy. Now I'm paying attention <laughs> to this guy. Now I'm up to, to yellow, right? Yellow light, because I'm looking at this guy. And he's got, mm -hmm. and I'm like, we accept everybody at our church. We have all kinds of people that join our church. But I'm guessing he's probably not going to attend our church. And then he pulls out a tactical a backpack, a black tactical backpack. Uh, and now I'm thinking, now that's really odd because normally you don't bring a backpack to church, right? So now I'm bouncing on the uh, up to the, the red light, wondering what he's going to do next. He looks at me. I look at him. He gets out of the Jeep with the backpack. And then he, and then he turns and he walks down the street. And I thought, well, that's odd that I just cause a diversion and, and make him, you know, do something different than what he planned. And, and then I watched him and he was actually going to a gym about a little block and a half away. And I thought, well, that makes sense. He's got a, a backpack for the gym. He looks like someone that would mm. probably go to a gym. Maybe he's wearing a t-shirt that would be acceptable in the gym. And, and now, it, you know, it, I kind of went back down to green because all the pieces made sense then, but until yeah. then, it looked like a concern, right? And it just being well, just, it's a know, valid like, concern. Why would you park in front of the, the church if you're going to go down to the gym? The gym, and I thought, I well, maybe there's no parking spots. <laughs> I, I actually walked down there and I said, Is there parking down there? There's all kinds of open parking spots, which yeah. I thought it was, it didn't fit. So if something doesn't fit, that's an anomaly. And then you got to ask yourself, What are you going to do? Because you got to do something. It may just be watching it. It may be calling for someone else to help you or let them know what's going on, but you got to take some kind of action if something is that weird. For sure. Mike, you wanted to, to jump in there? Yeah, I, the, I wanted to kind of tell a quick story. I know we're starting to get closer to, to time here, but really more around not necessarily a mailed package, but more along the lines of unattended items left around the church. So one of the things that I, I did early on, because worship team will very often arrive to church much earlier than anybody else, sometimes even earlier than anybody on the security team actually is there because they're doing early rehearsals. Now, we try to have somebody there as the first person all the time, but part of it is we don't want them to leave their bags, leave their purses, leave anything on the seats or just set it down and go up on stage to do the rehearsal. So we always have, we have kind of our green room. We want everybody to be tucked in a cubby. So that standard mm -hmm. spot, if you have something with you that's other than a musical instrument, it belongs in a cubby. If it's a musical instrument, it belongs in one of the corners of the uh, side of the stage uh, where it's kind of hidden from everybody else. So anything outside of that baseline, that established area that we've told people to put becomes mm -hmm. suspicious. And certainly we always sweep uh, the building anytime we arrive on, scene, on site and essentially for the day. And so we're walking the auditorium, we're walking through the hallways, we're checking each of the kids' classrooms before we open up any of those environments to say the general membership. And so we're walking through, et cetera, and we come across a bag. Well, it turns out somebody who actually was on the worship team ended up getting sick, left without her bag. So we're asking anybody and everybody, hey, is this your bag? Is this your bag? Is this your bag? Nobody was able to say, yes, it's mine. And nobody actually recognized it because it was a different bag. So we, we ran into that circumstance where we're, we're now trying to understand, okay, where did this come from? Did anybody see it earlier? 
has has anybody when's the first time somebody got here maybe this was here overnight and or since the last time so it's not something that was net introduced this morning uh, so we're looking at all that context as to what's there and then investigating further absolutely and that's a big issue and one one uh, initial indication is that someone will see a backpack, they don't really think anything of it, and they go over and grab it, they pick it up, and they realize it's heavy. If it's heavy, that's a red, it's a serious red flag. There's been examples of um, bombers, including the Olympic Stadium bombing and so forth, where they'll put steel plates in a backpack, and the idea is the steel plates will direct an explosive charge into a directional charge, like a claymore mine or something where the explosive sure. hits the back plane and then shoots maybe like shrapnel in a certain direction. And so if it's heavy, yeah, it could be packed full of textbooks, but why does someone need to bring that into your church, right? right. So if it's heavy, that's a red flag. What you've got to do is make a perimeter then, especially if you see anything coming out of it, obviously if it's smoldering like a fuse burning or an antenna, anything that could be antenna coming out of the top or a cell phone on the top of it or something that looks obvious. Uh, but on something like that, you got to clear the building and make a perimeter around it. It's also not a bad idea to put like a, a garbage can over the top of it or something that can control shrapnel or maybe sure. a, a steel garbage can over the top of it might be able to block radio signals if that sets it off. But you've got to basically get everyone out of there. And that may be not a comfortable thing because it might be in the middle of a service or a class or whatever. That's OK. You can deal with it later. If something's suspicious, really suspicious, and you're now up into that red level of a warning in your brain, then you know, you've got to clear everyone out and then again bring in the, the bomb techs and let them figure it out. Because again, they have robots and x-ray machines and dogs and all kinds of safe render machine uh, safe render procedures they can use to determine if that's really dangerous or not. For sure. We, uh, we actually, we did something similar to what Mike was, was talking about. And, uh, we actually, we went one step further and we actually created like carnival wristband tags that had the church's logo on it and the safety team's logo. And if we ever, like if we had a staff member bring in a backpack or, or something like that, we would actually tag it so that if they did you know, set it down or they were running around or something like that, at least the next person, the next safety person that came up and saw it would say, Oh, okay. That's tagged. It's okay. Um, the, you know, the interesting, interesting piece. And, and then I'll throw it over to Mike. Cause I know you want to wrap up, but the interesting thing to me is we still have a, a amazing amount of churches that balk at the idea of, doing a bag check or a bag sweep or, or any of that stuff. And, you know, so that's, that's probably one of the things, I mean, Mike and I have always talked about that and always said, you know, the importance of being aware of what's being placed out and who's carrying stuff in because exactly what you said, Jack, there's no reason for someone to, to bring in a, a chock full backpack unless one, maybe if they're homeless and that's all their stuff, you know, they're bringing, I, I understand that, but even in that type of situation, um, there's ways that you can address that person and ask yep. them, Hey, could you leave your backpack out here? Or maybe we could, we could put this in a locker for you to keep it safe. Something yeah, that's not, 
Yeah. Not, yeah, exactly. you know, directly there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like they're bringing, they're traveling, bringing luggage or something. Have a check it into a safe area. Have a look at it. Check it into a safe area. It doesn't need to be left behind. It doesn't need to be in the main auditorium or wherever the most people are. It just doesn't need to be there. And, yeah. and just be aware of all that. And, you know, churches are a big target of shooters and criminal activity. You know, they are every week you'll see something in the news. So we got to sure. not be naive. we got to be aware. Uh, we've got to be also in a situation where we can be uh, self-sustaining in the sense that we can take care of security problems and medical problems, knowing it might take 14 to 20 minutes to get outside help coming in. We've got to be able to take care of our own. For sure. Mike, Absolutely. do you want to go ahead and wrap up? Yeah, I want to. So we've covered uh, most of these, I think, in, in various order. Uh, but I kind of put it together as part of a training for my team, uh, really five C's. And I'm kind of known on this show for putting repetition <laughs> together as a way to remember things. But I got five C's that kind of cover some of what we covered tonight. So first one is context. Context matters. Has there been threats? Uh, why might the item be there? Uh, are there other things in close proximity? Are there people in close proximity to the item? Did they just set it down? Uh, Jack, you mentioned, is it an an anomaly? Is something off? Number two, contents. So uh, you got to really understand the big if. In certain circumstances, we may check a purse, a backpack, uh, a guitar case, etc. If it doesn't rise to that level of, hey, call 911, and that's number three. Call 911, communicate it clearly as to what you have on your hands so that they send the right response. Clear and control the area around it. If you've gone to that red, as Jack mentioned, if you've gotten to a point where you you don't trust this item, and I love what you said there, Jack, about the the put a basket over it or a, a trash trash can. Uh, that's a great great thought. I've never never embraced that before. And finally, after you after you've cleared that area, now you need to control the area. Make sure you don't have folks running back in for any number of reasons. Hey, I forgot my cell phone. Hey, I did this. Hey, I did that. You want to keep control of it. So those are the five C's that I talk about. That's that's a great idea. You know, we all have a 4K video camera and, <laughs> and uh, you know, in our hands all the time, right? If you see something strange, get out your phone and start taking pictures and video. You can send yeah. me pictures. Send the police pictures. That's something we should worry about. If you get a strange call, hit record. If you don't know where your voice recorder is on your phone, just hit the video button on your phone and that record audio and get that additional information. And that, that can go a long ways too. For sure. Well, again, Jack, thank you so much for, for joining us. We have to, unfortunately we have to cut it short because we only have a, an hour or thereabouts, but uh, we always love having you on the show. It's good to hear from you. Thank you so much to cover. Let's chat again, shall we? Thank you, guys. <laughs> Great. Sounds Thanks, good. Jack. All right. So we we uh, will wrap stuff up. But if you just happen to join us, you can certainly pick up the rest of our conversation uh, tomorrow, actually, on all our podcast platforms. And if you're listening uh, on a podcast platform, feel free to click like and subscribe, and you'll get notification of uh, new content that we put out there. So. Uh, other than that, uh, if there's something that you would like us to chat about or talk about uh, or do some research on, we're happy to do that and happy to help your church and your ministry. Um, you can reach out to us through our website, which is churchsafetyguys.com, or through the Church Security app, uh, which is on Google and iOS 
stores uh, free to download and uh, a great resource for you and your team to to use. So until um, next time, I will say have a great week and we will be back uh, next week. Same time, same same place, different different locations, at least for Mike. Mike will be back down in the, the oven can, of Texas. <laughs> exactly. Yep. All right. Take care. God bless. Have a good night. Thank you for joining the Church Safety Guys broadcast brought to you by Vigilant Impact. We hope that you found it informative and we appreciate your feedback and interaction. Be sure to share our broadcast with your teams, join the discussion online, and connect with us on social media or at our website at churchsafetyguys.com. For other great ministry resources, download the Church Security app. Remember, keep a servant's heart, a mindset of ministry, and Semper Disciplina. Always be training. Have a blessed week.